Welcome to the Maria Liberati Show, where food meets art, travel, and life. Thanks to everyone all around the world for listening and joining in. A special ciao and bonjour to my listening audiences in Italy and France that have been growing and growing. Mille grazie and merci beaucoup for joining us. What does food mean to you? The Mona Lisa, a bottle of Chianti and day-old bread. My idea of the perfect picnic, in Tuscany that is. Picnic season is here and no one does it better than the Tuscans. From the elegant but simple buffet table to the rustic style, who can refute that they have turned simplicity into an art and science? It feels as if I am the only person on earth who is not in a state of frenzy to get out the old barbecue since Memorial Day has now come and gone. Is it some kind of Pavlovian dog signal that sets off when summer arrives? Time to take out the hot dogs and hamburgers and break out the barbecue, the same old boring fare. Maybe my different take on the holiday comes from living a transatlantic lifestyle between Italy and the U.S. Tuscany is never far from my heart or mind, even if I am not always there in body. It is the place that seems to have invented the very idea of the casual but elegant, simple but sophisticated picnic. Grilling is part of the summer fair in Tuscany, but where else could day-old bread be so chic? Used in a panzanella salad, it is so uber tasty with a dash of Tuscan olive oil, fresh tomatoes, fresh basil, and paired with a glass of Chianti or Brunello. But you don't have to venture to Tuscany to eat Tuscan. Try a Tuscany home staycation and create the same relaxed feeling. Try a rustic vase with a few sunflowers, brightly colored plates, no tablecloth to simplify the setting, and hope for a beautifully sunny day. Make this a summer to picnic in style. To quote the man who practically invented the Tuscan lifestyle, Leonardo da Vinci, simplicity is an art. Sharing with you two of my favorite recipes for a summer staycation to Tuscany. They're both from my Gourmand World Award-winning book, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking, Holidays, and Special Occasions, Second Edition, published by Art of Living Prima Media, Inc. And you can get a copy on my website, marialiberati.com, or Amazon, or Kindle, or many booksellers online, or ask your local bookstore to get a copy if they don't sell them already. Or if you'd like to share a photo of one of the recipes here and post it on any social media or my blog comments with hashtag the Marie Liberati show, you could win a free copy of one of the books in the Basic Art of Italian Cooking series. Tuscan Panzanella Salad 12 slices of day-old crusty bread, 4 tablespoons of white wine vinegar, 1 cup of extra virgin olive oil, a half a pound of red ripe tomatoes, one red onion, one fresh cucumber, one handful of fresh basil leaves, a pinch of salt, freshly ground black pepper. Slice the bread into 12 slices. Place the bread in a bowl with a quarter cup of water and a tablespoon of vinegar. Leave for three minutes. Remove the liquid and squeeze the water out from the bread. Yes, that, that's right. You're going to squeeze it gently, almost like a sponge. Place the wet slices on the bottom of a salad bowl. Top the bread with tomato slices, sliced cucumber, sliced red onion. Drizzle on the olive oil. 
two tablespoons of vinegar, a pinch of salt, freshly ground black pepper, and toss gently. And you have a panzanella salad, the typical panzanella salad of Tuscany. Grilled porcini mushrooms. This is my favorite thing to grill. Eight large porcini mushroom caps, two cloves of garlic, one handful of fresh parsley, finely chopped, four tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil, salt and freshly ground black pepper to taste. Clean the mushroom caps with a wet paper towel. Do not put the mushroom caps under water, but clean delicately with a damp paper towel. Chop the fresh parsley and garlic. Place the mushroom caps, olive oil, chopped parsley, garlic, salt, and pepper to taste to marinate in a bowl for three minutes. Turn over and marinate for another three minutes. Place the mushroom caps on a hot grill for about 10 minutes and uh, or until they're tender and you have a great main course or an appetizer for your Tuscan picnic. So what does food mean to you? Food is crucial to culture. It is the very thing that brings us together in good times and bad. And what culture is more renowned than Italian culture? In fact, US News and World Report ranked Italy as number one for the country with the most cultural influence. The criteria for this ranking was based on the arts, including the culinary arts, entertainment, and fashion among other things. The best way to learn about culture new or old to you is to immerse yourself in it entirely. Those of us who are fortunate enough to embark on such a journey never forget it. It lives with us forever. Imagine this, you leave your life in America for the promise of Italy. Upon arrival, you live out the days exploring the works of iconic artists like Michelangelo and Leonardo da Vinci and experience evenings with great food and wine. You visit the breathtaking countryside of Tuscany and even become a wine connoisseur along the way. You stand in awe as you pass the Colosseum of Rome and you sail the Grand Canal of Venice. As your trip nears an end, you come to the conclusion that you just want to stay forever. Well, it sounds like my life, but this is the main idea of Andrew Cotto's Cucina Typica. And I'm so lucky today to have as a special guest, Andrew Cotto. So, um, Andrew, can you detail for our listeners your path to becoming an author and professor and what drew you to the world of the written word? Sure. Well, thanks for having me, first of all. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Um, so the written word you know, came to me sort of later in my life. You know, I'm, I'm, unlike most authors I know, I didn't really grow up buried in books. You know, I wasn't a voracious reader or even a particularly good student, which I, I'm, I'm loath to admit, especially as a professor of English now. But um, I discovered a love of literature um, in college. You know, I, I was well into my studies. I think I was a, a junior in college. And my English class, my literature class just really excited me. And I started you know, really immersing myself in, in works of literature and also realized that, you know, my fairly, you know, adventurous life to that point lent itself to um, storytelling. I, I think I had stories to tell and interesting people um, to make it quick. I had sort of an itinerant adolescence. I came from a really dynamic Italian-American family in New York. Um, my father was a musician. And then we started moving around a lot. So I spent a lot of time in my adolescence moving around America. So I got exposure to lots of different kinds of people from both coasts and in between. And I felt like I had a pretty good command of, of characters and, and narratives and then a new love of the written words. So I started pursuing it when I was, um, you know, finishing my, my studies in college. When I finished college, though, I just was not 
desiring to be a writer and uh, a teacher. My mother was a teacher as well. And I just didn't have the guts. I just felt like, you know, I, it was too new to me. I, I didn't want to be a starving artist or or, 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 or looking for work in, in the realm of education or going back to school even at that point. I need to get my master's degree. Someone offered me a job in the entertainment industry and I took it. And it was, it was a smart move. You know, it, I was postponing my dreams, but it sort of helped. Um, establish me and, and give me some grounding for pursuing my dreams later. And those dreams came to me later when I went to Italy for the first time. You know, I'd become um, an Italian file from the States. You know, I'm Italian American by descent, but I wasn't really much interested in the country of Italy beyond my roots in Sicily. Um, I started to discover really good food and wine that was available in New York from America, restaurants from Rome, restaurants from Tuscany, um, et cetera. And I really became a big fan of Italian food and wine. I, I went for my first time in my early 30s, did the Venice, Florence, Rome thing, and was at the, the Florence stop, which was stop number two of this trip. And I said, I have to live here someday. And it's, it's then I began sort of converting myself and making the plan, I should say, to, um, you know, to live in Italy, but to leave, to live there for a year, write a book and come back to the United States with my, my new dream ready to be pursued. Wow. And that probably answers my next question was why you chose Italy as the backdrop for Cucina Tipica. But <laughs> that was probably it, right? In a nutshell, because it was probably so awe-inspiring. Well, you can tell us, but I think that you just said it there, right? Because you spent your time there and you were probably inspired by what you saw, what you did. Absolutely. I mean, but the thing is, you know, that's sort of interesting is that the book that I was writing when I was there was not set in Italy at all. It, it's called The oh. Dumb Effect. It's, it's, um, it's a coming-of-age novel. The book I had in my head for all yes. those years when I was planning on being a writer. So I went to Italy not to write the Italian book, uh, back to set in New York. Back from Italy and went and got my master's degree, wrote another book about New York and noir called um, Outer Borough Blues, a Brooklyn mystery. Um, yes. People kept saying, both those books did have lots of food in them, though. Lots of oh, okay, there we go. Um, and I began also writing uh, journalism uh, for the New York Times, Men's Journal, Post, uh, you know, various other, I was publishing recipes and relish and other places. You know, most of them, of course, were, were, were Italian-inspired. And people kept saying, when are you going to write the Italian book? When are you going to write the Italian book? And you know, I didn't want to do a memoir. You know, I, I didn't I didn't think my, my time in Italy was interesting enough to warrant a memoir. And I'm not really a memoir writer. I'm a, I'm a fiction writer. And the joke I used to make all the time was that if I wrote a memoir about my time in Italy, it'd be called Eat, Drink, Repeat. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I think it probably troublesome to watch people than entertaining so uh, I, I wanted to save the uh the the, the exploits of my dudes um, <laughs> to myself um so i, I needed to fictionalize it and you know it, it was slowly coming to me i, I was visiting a lot I, I was going once a year at least sometimes on vacation sometimes for assignment and i was just falling more and more in love with it but that summer that i spent in 2014 at john cabot university in Rome was really the experience that made me think I had the Italian book in me. Um, not only was I in Rome for an extended period of time, but I, I was spending my weekends back in Tuscany, um, going up to Venice. I, w I was moving all around the country as well in my free time. Um, so I, I felt like, you know, at that point, I just knew enough about um, the country itself to set a narrative there. Even if the narrative was about someone who was just discovering it, I still needed command over it, which is the reason I guess my previous books were set in New York because I've had so much, you know, exposure to New York City. So I came back from that summer and my age at the time was really pushing me towards something that was food oriented got the perfect story so I, I came up with this narrative about an American who arrives in Italy on holiday 
and he's have he, he has complications in his life in New York. He's sort of escaping Italy for for a t- the time being. Um, and once he gets there, he decides he doesn't want to leave. You know, the, the subtitle is an Italian adventure, and the adventure part is, is him trying to find a way to stay there forever. And it's a great book, by the way. So people need to look for Cucina Tipico, by the way. I just wanted to put that in there, especially if anyone has any interest in Italy or Italian things. It's a wonderful book to read. So that was why you chose Italy as your as your backdrop then. While this book leans heavily on the importance of family and food to Italians, I I was wondering, do you ever find yourself, because as Italians, right, his food is such a big part of our history, you know, right? Of, of your history of any kind of get-togethers, anything. So, well, I wanted to ask you, so do you often find yourself in the kitchen cooking meals? And, and what are your, do you have any favorite dishes? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to, I am going to, I'm, I'm a really good cook. I, I love, I love cooking. I love feeding people. I love eating. It's my, my favorite thing to do in the world is, is to be around a table with people. Um, whether I, I, or be being by myself, I like of course, enhanced by being with other people, especially if you, if you care about those people. And I, I find that to be just, you know, the moments of life that are the most joyous. Um, so I'm always around the kitchen. Um, I mean, I really started, I actually thought at one point of going into the food business, you know, either opening my own specialty shop. I worked in restaurants in college, you know, and, and I knew that a restaurant life probably wasn't for me. Um, it, it was the hours are too hard. And, you know, you know, it, it, it kind of sucked the fun out of it for me in, in ways, um, you know, where I didn't get to see the faces of the people I was feeding. All I heard was complaints, you know, <laughs> like, where's this, you know, where's this? You know, it wasn't joyous for me to be in a restaurant kitchen at all. But I, I did love you know, it did, did make my cooking better. And I grew up cooking at, at, next to my mother. She was a, a wonderful inspiration to me. So food has that personal connection as well. And, you know, I was, it was every Sunday at my grandmother's, you know, every, every event was, was a big deal that was always organized around food and still like that in my life. Now, when tomorrow's my birthday and I'm already, I'm having a reading, by the way, uh, for free at six o'clock, I'm going to read from the domino effect, but I'll, I do, the, I've been oh, doing, you are. Yeah. Throughout the shutdown, I've been doing readings from, I did the first five from Puccina Tipica. Was it five uh-huh. or five? Uh, where I read food scenes from Cucina Tipica and then made something, you know, that I'd read afterwards in my kitchen. Then I, I did the same thing for my other book, Out of Burr Blues, where I made a couple of dishes. Um, and tomorrow night I'm going to do, it's my birthday, I'm making Bistec Fiorentina. Wow. Uh, and, uh, Steak uh, Florentina, yep. Yeah, that's, my, my, that's my birthday. Every year for my birthday, I had that. I put, a, <laughs> put, put a candle in and everything. Um, and then I'm also making one to demonstrate how to make is this, a side dish from Tuscany called um, Fagellini Uccelletto, you know, the little bird. Oh, but, yes, yes. Yeah, spiced beans with tomatoes and, and aromatics. So, so wait, let's door. tell everybody where they can see this reading that you're, are you sure. doing it, lo- you're doing it on, on uh, virtually? Yeah. I'm, assuming. I'm doing it on Facebook Live and Instagram okay. Live tomorrow okay. night. July 1st, at 6 o'clock Eastern Time, I'll okay. be reading from my kitchen passages from The Domino Effect, my first book. It's, a, it's about an Italian-American kid from Queens, um, who is a coming-of-age story, and food's a big part of, of the story, um, naturally. And um, after I read, I'll be making a dish from Tuscany, um, which is like a white bean tomato dish, which is a great side, or yes. a main course with bread if you if you don't eat meat afterwards. So it's 6 o'clock Eastern on Facebook Live or Instagram Live. Uh, my all my addresses are at Andrew Cotto. 
um, C-O-T-T-O. It's easy to find me. Recommend that to everybody. Definitely tune in. They're great dishes. They're very traditional dishes, artisan dishes that you just said. So definitely tune into that. You told us that you did uh, teach at John Cabot University. But yeah. what was the experience like teaching there versus teaching here? Any comments or anything you can tell us, you know, teaching there, teaching here? I guess yeah. it's a whole different thing. Well, I mean, the students were American students, so and they're international students. They all, the, the university itself, John Cabot, is an American-owned institute, so the, the, all the teaching is in English. You know, so you know, the, yes. you know, it wasn't wasn't like I had to do it in Italian, which would, would have been a disaster, I think. Um, I, I probably could have taught in Italian, maybe, but I wouldn't have understand what I, the students were saying back to me. <laughs> the hardest part of Italian for me is understanding what people are saying to me. But uh, you know, the experience was great. I mean, it, it was summer school. It was a travel writing course, and there was six kids in the class. Wow. You know, that's a nice size. Yep. It was great. I was so distracted by being in Rome. You yeah. Know, it's hard to even remember what the teaching part was like. <laughs> which is hard, which is, which, you know, it's something because I love teaching, you know, and like, you know, I remember the kids, but you know, the classroom experience, I was so excited to be in Rome and it was a travel writing class. We were just kind of just talking a lot about travel exactly. and Rome. And then uh, there was obviously craft and things brought into it. It, 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 it was definitely sort of a, it felt like summer to me. Oh, I can imagine a, a, all summer, you know, a, a, an extended summer because I can just imagine, yes, all those distractions, food and wine and the beautiful scenery and oh my goodness. Yeah, I hate to say this because you know, I was without my family, but it was one of the best times of my life. <laughs> So what were some of your favorite places? Do you have any, like, I, I know I have, like, most of my favorite places in Italy are, like, these little, you know, there's the beautiful places like Florence and Rome and Venice. But a lot of my favorite places are, like, little teeny out of the way. Do you have any places that were your are your favorite places to visit? It doesn't even have to be little teeny out of the way places. But do you have any any places that were really your favorite places to visit? Experience is so consistent. You know, I mean, you, 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 if you just go off the road somewhere into some unknown village and sit down at the local Osteria, you know, you, you're going to take a really good meal. Yes. You know, so, like, you know, I think the secret is that there are no secrets, that everything is really good. Some of the sentimental things that I really like doing when I'm there that I'll do every time I'm there. One unknown thing is, is to go back to the village where we live. Where we lived, Tuscany was literally five kilometers from the Florence line uh, up in the hills south of the city, but no one has ever heard of it. You know, my, I, you I have friends from who live in Fiesole, you know, the beautiful town of Brasov, yes. just as close, who've never heard of this little village called Antella in the oh. um called Banyo Aripali. People just don't go to it. And these villages are gorgeous. They're, they're, they're just so quaint and, and unfettered by tourism, which is really wonderful. But yes. Um, that's where the book is set. You know, uh, uh, Tipico, while it, it is a work of fiction and the character is, has nothing to do with me at all, except for a love of, of food and Italian wine. You know, he lives in the very village where we live. He lives in the very barn where we lived. You know, we lived in a renovated barn next to a villa up in the hills. Um, so he, he, he occupies the same space that we did for that year. Um, and I love that area so much, you know, and still unfettered, you know, and that's one of the things in the book is like, they're going to try and, you know, help this little area become discovered. One thing I always do um, when I'm there more than once usually is go down to Chianti country. I, I think the drive through the Chianti Jana highway that yes. is so spectacular. I mean, yeah. it's just, it, 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 it just one of those things that makes me swoon every time I go on. And, like, I can't believe that this place is on earth. You know, the light is so surreal and the hills and the winding roads. Of course, it's all immersed in wine country and olive oil country. So your, your topography is so fascinating. And I always go to Panzano to uh -huh. see Dario Cicchini, you know, the world's most famous butcher. 
You know, and I, I think that that title of the world's most famous butcher is a little bit of a misnomer. I don't think it does him justice. I think he should be the world's most famous gastronome. I mean, the guy <laughs> embodies everything that I love about food. A, that he's a beautiful human being. He's just the sweetest, kindest, most bravo guy I've ever met. He's a rock star, and he remembers everybody's name. Now, he's so humble, right, and yes. so in love with, with, with feeding people and properly raising the animals that he uses. And, and that bean dish I'm making tomorrow night, he makes that's just incredible that he offers there. I mean, you can go to his restaurant. You know, it's, it's, called, it's called like the office of steak, right? The, the Vicina di Biseca. You can go there as a vegetarian and, and eat really well. Uh-huh. Blown away by food. The, the, the aura of this guy just, just never, you know, wears on me. I just think he's such a beautiful human being. I actually saw him in New York. You know, so we, we used to go there all the time when we were living there. And then uh-huh. like, I wasn't back for like five years and walked in. He's like, oh, you know, remembers everything about every person that was walking. Towards. Yes. You know, his, his, his butcher shop, the original hospice that they offered, you know, has food out all day long. There's wine, lovely Chianti wine from Chianti Classico out there just for your helping. There's, there's porchettas on the counter. There's, there's, there's other, you know, edibles that he has. It's, it's, it's a show every single day. Yes. He never, he never gets tired of it. If you if your listeners are not familiar with who he is or want to learn more about him, he was featured in season six. Six episode two of um, a chef's table on Netflix. Yeah, uh-huh. he really did a magnificent job of, of capturing the the entirety of what makes him who he is. So I always go see him. Then I also one thing I always like to do too, and these are all things that happen in the book, is um, a trip from um, south of Chianti country into Montepulciano. Oh yes, uh, and Montalcino. Right, there's a drive that goes to the Valle d'Orcia. That's just so incredible. That drive there too, it really, you know, blows me away. Um, I wrote about it for, um, I had a column for many years in Men's Journal and I have a column, that, a, a, a article dedicated to Dario and also an article dedicated to this drive between um, Montepulciano and not Montepulciano the grape, you might think from Abruzzo, right? Where you're from, that, that's a wonderful drinking wine. There's a town called Montepulciano. Yes, I know. And I've done yeah. that drive. It's just, I, I'm, I'm with you on that, recommending that drive. That is amazing. It's so spectacular. I did, not too long ago, we did a drive because I did an event at this castle in Chianti and we did that drive. The one drive in Chianti, through Chianti and the other one where we did go to Montepulciano. And you're absolutely right. In Abruzzo, they have their own Montepulciano. But we did Montepulciano and Montalcino. Oh. Definitely. And I'm with you. That is like, oh, my God. they're hev- It's just heaven on earth driving it, it, through. I always joke that, like, you know, that I, I assume that if there is a God, he lives in Rome. But I think his weekend, <laughs> his weekend house is in Montalcino. Definitely. Because you know? it's, it's, it's so spectacular when you drive up to that, that village. It's so lofted and you can see forever there's a great scene in the book where the main character does this drive and then he goes to Montalcino and buys a case of Brunello just because he's just so in love with everything there I, I, I again it, 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 and people like to go different places in the world and I, 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 rec- I admire that like people who want to travel the world I don't really want to travel the world because every place I go will be disappointment to me compared to what Italy brings it, it, exactly it's my sentiments exactly it really is I have a hard time when I travel to travel anywhere else because you're absolutely right it is disappointing but yes those drives are just my goodness and there are some spots there right that look like you're in a live painting correct it looks like you're in these live works of art that are just so breathtaking oh yeah there's cypress trees in the distance and the fields of hay and the fields of green and like just monasteries and i mean it it just you know it, it it fills me with with awe um it does 
and conjures wonder. And that's what I want when I travel, right? And then, then I sit down and think about it. Well, I'm eating like some of the best food ever imaginable and drinking with the best wine. And it all came from the vicinity. And like, oh, oh, exactly. like, before, before yes. we get away from this, I want to go to an event at a castle in Chianti. Yes. Castello d'Avola. Oh, I know yeah. Did you ever, it's a little town and actually one of the, their big distributor in Italy of Italian wine, they're called, their name is Zonin, Z-O-N-I-N. And they bought over Castello d'Avola, D apostrophe A-L-B-O-L-A. And there's, there's actually a sign there when you drive through Chianti, Castello d'Avola. They bought it over a guy that used to do like ceramics and stuff, like in the 17th century once owned this castle they bought it and there's a big winery there and it became part of their properties and um it's just it's just amazing but yes i was so wonderful i did an event there and of course i got to stay there in the in a little part of the castle drive all through that's when i did my drive through chianti and the montepulciano montalcino oh my goodness just like it is heaven on earth so andrew um what's next for you i know you started mentioning another book you're doing about Rome? That sounds great, yeah. too. So, um, uh, Cucini Tipica, an Italian adventure, was my third novel. Uh, my fourth comes out this fall. It's a, a sequel to my second book. My second book is called Attleboro Blues, a Brooklyn mystery. Uh, it's a noir. Um, the protagonist is, is, is a chef, though, not a detective. So, it's a pretty gritty, quasi-poetic noir, um, a really interesting main character. Uh, I wrote a sequel to that that comes out this fall. It's called Black Irish Blues. Um, and then in the meantime, what I'm working on now is a sequel to Cucina Tipica. Um, I'm almost done. I'll, I'll, I will be done this summer for sure. I, I expect it to come up. I get it to the publisher by the end of the summer. I, I expect it will come out in the, in the spring of 2021, which would be uh-huh. wonderful. It's called Cucina Romana. It, it's, it's same characters. Uh-huh. It's placed primarily in Rome. It, it has sort of the same sort of pacing and indulgence in it. And I'm really, really happy with it. I mean, I, I, I know when something's not working when I'm writing. <laughs> And this definitely feels like it is working. I mean, every morning, I'm just—it's just coming out of me like like breath. You know, it, it, it's so natural. It just—it's also giving me great joy because I'm, I'm I'm able to sort of disappear into Italy every morning when I can't be there. You know, one of the things you know I'm really sort of hoping that Cucina Tipica can do for people while we're unable to visit technically or or maybe some, yes. some logistically people couldn't visit. You know, is that it, the idea behind Cucina Tipica is, is to transport you to Italy. Yes. And or in this case, Tuscany, there's, there's, there's excursions to Umbria and the Marche and then one scene up in the, the Italian Riviera, but mostly takes place in Tuscany. It's a very Tuscan inspired book. So I'm hoping, you know, I, I feel like Cucina Tipica is a trip to Tuscany. I hope Cucina Romana is like a trip to Rome. Oh, wow. And yes, that was one reason why I definitely, besides wanting you definitely as a guest, because I love that book, Cucina Tipica, but also I wanted some way that we can transport listeners to Italy because unfortunately, Unfortunately, at least now and for a little while, I don't think anyone's going to be able to go. But I think it's a great book to just kind of get lost in and get lost in Italy, even if it's only in your mind. Tell us where I, I want you before I ask you the last question. Where can people find you? I know we talked about Facebook. So tomorrow night on Facebook and Instagram live at six o'clock. Mm-hmm. And um, oh well, you just talked about your book, and I'm assuming Amazon and the yeah all the places for books they can find all your books. They just look up your name. Yeah, it's uh, I'm all over Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, your yes. local bookstore if you're if you're interested in using them to procure your books, which I, I recommend as well. They probably don't have them on their shelves, you know, unless they're New York based or in yes. Boston. 
Um, but they can order it. It looks yes. like, right? Now, so the distributor can, can get it to them um, so easily. Find me on social media. I'm pretty active on social yes. media. As a writer, I'm, I'm the rare extrovert. I really like talking to people and, and readers and interacting. You know, I've done book clubs through Skype. I do them in person. So any readers who want to be in touch with me directly, I'm happy to, to be in touch with, with anyone interested in talking about Italy or, or anything I've written. So I'm, I'm Andrew Cotto at everything, you know, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest. You know, the Pinterest page has all my articles that I write. Uh, my LinkedIn page has all my articles, too. I need to update them a bit more on my um, website. I'm on YouTube, too. So a lot of my readings are um, available on YouTube as, as well as an I was on TV here in New York last summer talking about Virginia Tipica. And there's a really quick interview there on my YouTube that has me explain the book in more detail. Also, I'm also there with with some Brunello Montalcino and some Chingali, some wild boar ragu, you know, for the hosts to enjoy. So it, it's a sort of a fun little segment on my YouTube channel. Talking more about myself. Sorry. No, no, definitely. And I'll pro- I was going to say we'll probably try to put as many links as we can on my blog post that oh, I'm yeah. doing to promote this, so um, people can find there. But you know, you're I know you're easy to find. I love your Instagram account too. All the Italy and Italian culture and everything is wonderful. So my last question is, and I'm sure you have a good answer to this because as Italians, you know, I was just going to stop for a minute and just to laugh. Isn't it? Fun? funny how food to us I, people I don't think people understand what a big part food plays in our lives so much so because do you find yourself like it's like a natural thing to offer food to people you know it's like a contractor comes and you're like giving them food and it's like you know they look at you like I mean it's just something that is just a natural thing to us giving food is almost like giving love or giving you know showing someone kind of a kindness for us that's what we grew up with correct Absolutely. and I, I just I just think it's so funny because I think I used to think that was funny that my grandparents and relatives did that. And now I do the same thing. So it's yeah. so part of our culture. But what does food mean to you? <laughs> well, food to me is, is not, not to seem grandiose, but it's 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 everything. You know, if I were to write a memoir, I, would, I think it literally would be called you know, Killing Time Between Meals. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to, you know, get from one meal to the next because I find there's such, you know, such pleasure in it and such enjoyment, you know, and it, to me, it's universal connection between human beings. You know, there's, there's certain things that we all do as, as, as human beings, you know, um, you know, and, and um, of those things, I think, you know, we're speaking in a, in a communal sense, and I, I am very much a, a, an inclusive person, that, you know, that, that food is, is, is the best way to sort of to, to make that connection with other people. You know, so I think it works socially. It works for me personally, you know, it gives me, you know, the, the idea of what I'm having for dinner that night and then and like you know, having my aperitivo or my cocktail, whatever, and then making dinner and, and pairing it with the right wine it brings me such joy. You know, looking forward to it, of course, you know, it has, you know I like I, I Love being, you know, having something on the horizon each day that's going to make me very happy. Um, enjoying it, of course, is, is is wonderful. You know, whether I'm home alone or my family's here, um, doing it with, in, in a bigger context with friends is even more valuable. You know, I love holidays. I throw huge holidays. You know, I make Italian Thanksgiving and a big Easter. You know, I, it's great. Um, you know, it just means it br- provides so much value to my life, but it also provides wellness. Eating well. I don't even mean to eat dessert. I'll have cake tomorrow on my birthday, but most of the food I eat is, is, is healthy, you know, and, and, and raised, you know, in a way that I'm aware of. And the wine I drink, I, I try to keep it, you know, as organic as possible. And I get a sense of good health for that. People are always astonished that I'm always talking about food and, and, and wine, et cetera, and that I'm healthy. 
and I am healthy because what I put into my body is, 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 is quality. That's what I love about Italy is that, you know, eating well and drinking well in Italy is not a privilege. It's a right. And I, I find that I am healthier emotionally, physically, um, because of what I put in my body. That's important. Yes. Oh, that's a wonderful answer. I love that. That is a universal connection. That's wonderful. Andrew, happy birthday. Tanti O'Gordy. Happy Good birthday in Italian. And um, enjoy that. And everyone, please go to that live event. That should be marvelous. And if you need any little indication or little whatever names of these little teeny places in Rome, please feel free to let me know for your book. If you do, oh, I, uh, I definitely okay. let me know. You know, I absolutely will. Thank you so much for your expertise. No problem. It's a joy talking to you. Thank you so much. Have a great one. And I will, we'll be um, sharing links and everything with you too. Thanks again, Andrew. Have a great Thanks. one. You too. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. I hope you're able to enjoy a true Tuscan staycation this summer. Thanks for joining us and listening to the Maria Liberati Show. If you have any recipes that were inspired by my recipes here, the panzanella salad and the grilled porcini mushrooms, or would like to take a picture of these recipes that you're preparing for your Tuscan staycation, or a picture of you having a Tuscan staycation, please show it off and share it with us. Hashtag at the Maria Liberati Show and post it on social media. My accounts are twitter.com slash Maria Liberati. The M is a capital M. Facebook is facebook.com slash Chef Maria Liberati, Instagram Maria Liberati, and Chef underscore Maria Liberati. We'll be gathering pictures and posting on a special page on my website in the next few weeks also. Thanks to my producer, Britton Rizell, and my writing intern, David Hunt. Go to my website, marialiberati.com, to keep up with my blog and the show and the book series, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking. Push that button to like, share with your friends. Join me on Twitter at Maria Liberati with a capital M, on Instagram at Maria Liberati and chef underscore Maria Liberati on Facebook at Chef Maria Liberati and on Pinterest at Maria Liberati. And this podcast is heard all over the world on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and more. What does food mean to you? Hashtag your answer with hashtag the Maria Liberati show in a recorded soundbite of 60 seconds or less or a social media post of 50 words or less, post on social media or email it to me at maria at marialiberati.com. If selected for an upcoming podcast segment, you'll receive an autographed copy of one of my books from the book series, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking. Love to hear from you. If you have any questions or ideas for upcoming segments also, email me directly at maria at marialiberati.com. Until next time, Peace, love, and pasta.